0: Spags, everyone is sharing their Spotify wrapped, but what about your fantasy wrapped? It's time to take a stroll through our 2022 fantasy season.
1: It will be pride inducing or shame inducing. We're going to find out because Pete and I are doing our fantasy football on wraps. Of course, we're also going to catch up on week 13 news. Lots of injuries to dig into. Some good news, some bad news out there. Of course, underdog battle royale season is still upon us. So we'll hit one of those. And perhaps the last ride or die picks before Pete enters the world of fatherhood and everything changes right before your eyes. Let's talk about it right after this intro. Oh, there we go. The short intro. We don't lose anybody. That's the goal here. Welcome to Splash Play, of course, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. I'm Chris Bags, joined by my friend Pete Overs at Pete. How are you feeling? We were talking about it before the show, but you are literally going to have a baby any minute now. So anxiety levels, stress levels, excitement levels, where's it all at?
0: I'm very excited. I don't have much anxiety. Maybe that's the naivete there. Uh, And it's more just, it's weird. It's like, Oh, it's Friday, Uh, but it does not feel like a normal Friday to me. So I'm just going to keep doing everything as I would normally do, knowing that I could get ejected from it at a moment's notice.
1: Yeah. That's the, the joy of parenting that I'm sure many of you guys know out there, but let's talk about week 13. Of course, that's upon us right now. Lots of players out there are going to be banged up. And here's a list that I saw on Twitter right before the show that not all these guys are going to be an actual issue, but it is a lot of star players dealing with injuries. Honestly, earlier than it feels like normally, where some of these guys might get held out. But Justin Fields, Aaron Rodgers, Christian McCaffrey, Travis Etienne, we got Lenny, we got Dylan and AJ uh, and Aaron Jones as well injured, Michael Carter, Antonio Gibson, the Steelers running backs, Debo, Jamar, Brandon Cooks, David Njoku. Pete, out of all these injuries, which of course you lovingly write up every day in the Fantasy Life newsletter, which one is concerning you the most? And are, are there any that you're not concerned about at all? I feel like McCaffrey is one that you probably shouldn't have much concern about.
0: Yeah, there was a brief scare yesterday with McCaffrey, but then there was the quotes that he dodged a bullet and was going to be fine. I still think there's a ton of opportunity in that backfield because, one, you know someone other than CMC is going to get touches. And then on top of that, you now have just the massive contingent upside. If CMC's knee injury flared up, if he got re-injured, I mean, one of TDP, Jordan Mason and Tevin Coleman, is going to get work right, out, right away. And one of those guys, if not two, could be like a league winner if something happened to CMC. So I'm still keeping tabs on that one.
1: Yeah, Eli Mitchell going to be out for a while. So Jordan Mason, I saw some positive quotes that Pete posted in the Fantasy Life newsletter as well. Jimmy Garoppolo talking about him delivering body blows, which you always love to hear about running backs over the course of time, establishing the run for Jordan Mason. But if you had to pick Pete, who gets more touches, TDP, Tyrion Davis Price, or Jordan Mason on Sunday?
0: I I still think TDP because I think they think of him more in that Eli Mitchell, Jeff Wilson kind of bruiser mold, whereas Jordan Mason was used a little bit more on passing downs. And so I assume that with CMC, that kind of pushes Jordan Mason. Although Jimmy G then saying Jordan Mason's the one delivering body blows, who the fuck knows? But I do prefer uh, TDP slightly there. They were using him ahead of Jordan Mason earlier in the season. So just kind of leaning on that.
1: Do you have any concern that Josh Jacobs doesn't go? By the way, because that's the one thing where there, he has a calf issue. Um, I haven't checked his practice status, so that's something that might be a blind spot. He's been spot limited for me right every now. day. Oh, is he? Okay, fuck. Well, I was yeah. hoping to be Zamir White season. I need, I need some Zamir White down the home stretch. Given that that was the bet, Pete was that Josh Jacobs wouldn't get all the run, and and now he's going to be the chalk play of the week. And I got to say, it feels like running into a buzz if you are going to have twenty five percent, thirty percent owned Josh Jacobs this week.
0: Yeah, that one's going to be a real. Interesting one, because I do think, I mean, the whole reason he was sub 5% last week wasn't because he wasn't a good play. It was because he popped up on the injury report late and then had the Q tag and everyone was spooked off of that. So now this week, he's still going to be in the same spot, limited practices, Q tag with this calf injury, but he's also coming off of a 50 point game. And so no one gives a shit and they're going to jam him. So yeah, I still think there's like a small chance that, um, he misses. Like I made some big bids for Zamir White in, in my leagues where I'm still alive, just being like, I'll just toss Zamir White back if jacobs goes but i think the role would be pretty juicy if he didn't
1: we also have to give a shout out to our guy og mans fan in the chat he's in san diego right now for king of the beach pete which is one of those big tournaments going on on draft kings for which i feel like everybody got in there somehow through the qualifiers Except like us. a lot of people but not me of <laughs> course but proud of jason to see him do well but um did you did you try to go to the king of the beach i i feel like i missed a memo from some everybody else out there
0: Here's the thing. I know because of Jason and some people who were chasing those cues. Honestly, it I lucked into good game selection in that I always forget about the cues. Like when I go and register for my contest on DraftKings, I swear to God, if I would remember, I would have blasted off at them too and lost because I didn't have any lineups good enough to win the regular tournaments, much less the cues. But I, I've always wanted like that. Is if you're gonna you know punt money off in DFS, it is pretty fun to chase those cues.
1: Yeah, so good luck, Jason. Good luck if we somehow have anybody else out there going King of the Beach. But we're rooting for Jason because, Jason, uh, people may not know out there, the guy who won our first-ever Splash Play giveaway for a very esoteric prize, the Arnie Weinmeister card. That uh, We stopped doing things like that, Pete, for some reason. I don't know why we stopped investing in Arnie Weinmeister cards for the sake of our audience.
0: We were trying to find our footing, and that level of effort is just uh, out of reach of our capabilities right now.
1: Speaking of level of effort, we're going to pull up a Google Doc right now, and we're going to talk about our Spotify wrap. Actually, I should do the intro that I, I want to do, Pete, for this one. Uh, Pete, have you heard of the Spotify wrapped thing people are talking about these days?
0: Man, I, I log on to social media, Spags. I tell you what, I'm seeing this Spotify rap left and right. I don't I don't know what this is.
1: Well, this Spotify rap, Pete, apparently very popular with the kids these days. They love sharing their music. They love talking about the things that are popping up on their feeds time and time again. Some people like to see them on the Instagram stories. Some people hate it. I think there's a lot of people very vocal about it either way. But for fantasy football, we don't talk enough about our teams, Pete. So we're going to answer some of the tough questions today for our fantasy football Spotify and rap And let's start it off. Which player did you draft the most Peter Overs at in 2022 best ball?
0: Yeah, so do you want want to do it by number of times or by entry fee? Because that is the one uh, thing that can switch things up a little bit. Although some of the high dollar ones skew it. Let's just do drafted percentage. So my, I'm so embarrassed to read my top one. My top one was fucking Eno Benjamin running back for the Houston Texans. Uh, number two was Traylon Burks, who I who I spent the most money on in, in drafts, according to my underdog here.
1: So for me, my number one is actually pretty clear across the board on both DraftKings and underdog. Um, It's a guy that might not play this week, though hopefully he will. Has not been good. Has not, not really had a ceiling game once this year. I guess maybe uh, one game in Mexico. Debo Samuel is mine. I have a lot of Debo. A lot of him stacked up with Trey Lance. That's gone really well. Uh, But that's the play for me, Pete, that... I don't know how he hasn't hit at all, but Debo is arguably the worst play who's actually a good player in fantasy football. And I'm, I've got him over a thousand dollars in pretty much every lineup.
0: Yeah, that was, that's definitely one of many uh, misses I had this year was taking a ton of Debo and T Higgins at the two, three turn also took AJ Brown, which, which is working out at decently well, but the huge opportunity cost their spags is we were often passing on Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. to take Debo Ham- Debo Samuel or T. Higgins. And the swing from those guys to Tyreek Hill is just absolutely massive. I was even looking at T Higgins the other day, you know, because we had invested in him in a lot of our FFPC leagues too. In weeks five through ten, he was basically just a below-level replacement player. He was putting up like eleven to twelve-point games, just like creating your lineup from a round two draft cost perspective. And it doesn't mean that he can't still have spike weeks. Same with Debo Samuel. Like I think we get an uptick in carries from Debo Samuel here down the stretch without Eli Mitchell. And yet, man, not having more Tyreek Hill in that range is is brutal.
1: Yeah, I've got both Debo and Higgins everywhere, and uh, not nearly enough Tyreek. I think I'm with the 8% that you'd expect of the field, but boy, would have been nice to have a little more than that. But Pete, who have you played the most of DFS so far this year? And obviously this is one where it's less binary. You can't just pull it up on DraftKings and find it out right away. But who would you feel like gut instinct? Who have you played more than anybody else?
0: I think of everyone, there is an obvious answer for me because I've played him as a pump play wide receiver probably four weeks, multiple times in showdown, Taekwon Thornton I have been chasing that ghost I do think it's more than just anecdotal too I think if we ran the analytics you would see Taequann Thornton in an outsized amount of my lineups
1: Mine is much less shameful. Mine is actually Tyreek Hill. I've been on the Tyreek train oh. pretty early, gotten down with that ship a couple of times. The Skylar Thompson uh, Teddy Bridgewater game is one that was not proud for me, especially in Underdog Battle Royales. But I feel like that's the one thing that I recognize is that I didn't get enough of this guy in best ball. I kind of was buying into some of the, the team movement stuff along with the age stuff and the fact that he's just not going to have Mahomes throwing them. So I've been overcompensating by playing Tyreek every week and he fits the air yard stuff. He fits the game script stuff, pass rate over expectation. So i don't don't. don't feel ashamed of my DFS play, even if it's resulted in a positive season, Pete, but it hasn't been an outlier thing every single time. Like we've seen Tyreek have 15 point games and be kind of a non-factor some weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could do you could do worse than jamming Tyree Kill. Ga mentioning Mariota. I think I played Thornton more, but Mariota definitely the quarterback I have uh, have used the most because. But I'm honestly,
1: I have played a lot of Mariota too, and like the Kyle Pitts Drake London thing. Rest in peace, Kyle Pitts. Of course, so we'll never forget you. But uh, the Kyle Pitts Drake London double sacks Mariota boy, those never had a shot in hell in hitting.
0: Yeah, but the the projections said they did, and, and boy,
1: did we trust the projections. <laughs> yeah, the middle outcome apparently was a little bit too high for some people. Which player are you most ashamed of investing in heavily? This could be a lot of different guys. I'm sure this one for historical anomaly is saying it would be Drew Locke for me. I don't feel any shame for Drew Locke. The thesis of the play was correct. You've seen Geno have the great year. Drew Locke could still be out there in week 17. We don't know. But Pete, for you, who are you most ashamed of drafting the most heavily in?
0: Yeah, I think, man, it's tough because I don't, I don't count like Trey Lance, like a guy gets hurt. I don't feel ashamed. Mm -hmm. Even my KJ Hamler and Eno Benjamin who are last round picks. I don't necessarily feel ashamed. So I need to find who is the guy I actually feel, you know, I'm trying to be, be very, you know, honest with myself about who I feel shame. You know what, how about this one? I still have way too much fucking Will Fuller When the writing was on the wall that this dude was just done with football, and like I still think at every point that you were drafting him, there's a percentage chance that he comes back and contributes to your team, but that percentage just dropped every single week, and you just kept martingaling him. And I don't know how I got sold this bill of goods by Will Fuller, but boy did I fall for it uh, hook, line, and sinker.
1: The Will Fuller stuff, the the, uh, the Julio Jones stuff that I feel like people were talking about drafting those guys and hoping they bubble up was something that I got the logic of but didn't buy in on very much, so I don't feel much shame for that one. Um, I, there's a lot of guys I could throw in here. I feel like KJ Hamler, Pete, would be one for both of us too that I'm not going to put on here, but I think KJ Hamler is a deep shame point.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough because I guess it, I'm trying to think of cost too. I guess Will Fuller is cheap. I mean, Will Fuller, the, the Hamler thing was like, one, the team was just dust, right? So even if he was healthy, I think he probably had, what, a what contributed to our lineups once or twice? Like he would have gotten loose for the Kendall Hinton bomb a couple times if he was healthy. But just any investment in the Broncos is shameful. Mm. And the fact that one of our most uh, frequented late-round picks happened to be on a historically bad offense is something, yeah, we should feel shame for.
1: Yeah, all right. So the guy that I'm going to throw into the mix Naheem Mm. Hines, I ended up with over $1,000 invested in Naheem Hines this year. And it's one of those plays that I thought made sense on paper. How does Jonathan Taylor not get there? Naheem Hines getting some work, getting some pass game touchdowns, getting all that. He gets traded to the bills, ends up being a non-factor there too. James Cook is the the feature back apparently now for the bills based on what we saw yesterday. And Naheem Hines was involved, but certainly not doing much. I don't know how this ended up happening for me, Pete, but I spent a lot of money on Naheem Hines and I don't even like him that much. I just thought it was like one of those plays. I was like, Oh, if this happens, this happens. And I I think that's one of the things for next year that I'm going to try really hard to not repeat that mistake of, but the galaxy brain plays, or even not, not even galaxy brain, just like the binary play that just doesn't work out. Investing that heavily in it was like a huge shameful mistake for me.
0: Well, in, in my equivalent to you with Naheem Hines is probably Kenneth Gainwell. And it dovetails with a point, which is, again, just shows how fucking chaotic and unpredictable fantasy football is in that. This has been a banner year for Zero RB. So many of these late guys smashing. And yet, the archetype of the pass catching back, who has been a staple of Zero RB portfolios, is essentially dead. The Naheem Hines, the Kenneth Gainwells, JD McKissick is hurt. But all of these backs that we drafted to give us like certain floor production, waiting for the chaos to kick in and your Kenneth Walkers to take over, like that that thesis has not borne out in any way. These guys have been total flops. There's no like, floor pass catching backs that you're really using week to
1: week right now. Some good ones in the chats who Deontay Johnson, I feel like he's not so much a shame, like overdrafted relative to what he's done, but like the usage has been there. He just hasn't been that good and Pickett Hasn't quite gotten there. But the irony is like, I think Deontay Johnson could hit against Atlanta this week.
0: Well, Deontay Johnson, we had heavy exposure to him in FFPC, and I I feel so much fucking shame on on that one too. It that one was gross, and also it was like there was the moment too at the end of drafting season where George Pickens was screaming up draft boards, and Deontay Johnson was slipping a little bit, and you're like, oh, this Pickens buzz is is way too much. You know, Deontay Johnson is the best cost adjusted play in this in this offense right now. And it was like, uh, nope, this guy uh, misses Ben Roethlisberger so so. Bad. Bad right now. It has turned to dust. But yeah, it is an interesting matchup. You know, I'm going to fucking roll out a Kenny Pickett
1: team this week in DFS. I think it's a good idea. I mean, you might do it today if you're doing the show with Jam to win. I think <laughs> you talked into that one pretty fast. I, I just
0: got ahead of it and put George Pickens on the thumbnail. I, I knew where
1: we were headed. <laughs> Michael Pittman for Dustin. I don't think that's a shame point at all. Pittman's actually had some usable weeks. Like there are guys that haven't had a single game that you could have in a best ball lineup. So I feel like Pittman to me, like I would have pride in Pittman at this point. He actually was good like within the last 10 days. Well, think about we, here's one thing we were collectively right on as best ball bros talking
0: about the cliff in the early third round, as far as elite talent, think about some of those third round picks, DJ Moore, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, Michael Pittman, like so many of those guys in the mid to late third have just been complete disasters.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And Dustin's take Alec Pierce for me. I, you know, the thesis of the play was right. And I'll say, I'll stand by that one. Taking young guys, never (laughs) going to be ashamed of that. Chris Evans exposure is actually a good one because we are seeing Samaje Pirine be like live right now to do some things. Like if Mixon goes out again this week, like Pirine actually could be a guy that wins fantasy football season-long leagues, wins in best ball. So I don't know how we all got talked into Chris Evans, because I kind of felt that too, where I was like, Pirine was the one they had going when it mattered in the Super Bowl, but nope, it's it's in fact uh, Chris Evans. A lot of shame there. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, I I didn't I wasn't super heavy on Chris Evans, but I always understood the thesis of like he's more athletic and a best, better pass catching back. And again, it, it goes with that thing again where we said if, you know, Samaje is probably more likely to be the pure handcuff, but if someone carves out a standalone role in that offense, it's probably Chris Evans. And the, the entire pass catching back thing has just completely died uh, this season.
1: Good one for GA too. My shame is Moore's. Yeah, pretty much every player with the last name Moore has not worked yeah. out this year. So that's factually accurate. The worst name in football, some could say.
0: DJ Moore, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, all complete busts. Even when Rondell Moore was starting to come on, then he gets hurt. It's just, what a disaster.
1: All right, here's the fun one, Pete. Hours spent in drafting teams in 2022, and for what it's worth, Pete and I both did some actual math. I did very thorough math before the show to figure this one out, and I'll paste it in a moment. But Pete, if you had to give an estimate, how many hours have you spent drafting teams, building DFS teams, whatever the case may be, in 2022?
0: Yeah. So my underdog account says I did 345 drafts and I'm just going to use an average of 45 minutes for each of those drafts, which would put me at 10, almost 11 hours, or sorry, 11 days, almost 11 days of drafting and The thing that's impressive about this is like, you know, when you get your Spotify wrapped, the amount of multitasking you can do while listening to music is like, you can basically do everything. Like it's not even, you know, limiting your productivity in any way. Whereas drafting, sure, we could do underdog cardio club. Sure. We could be streaming, but you have to pay some level of attention. Like you can't be even writing emails while you're drafting. So the fact that I spent 11 days of my life drafting, I don't know if that's impressive or sad or somewhere in between.
1: All right, so here was my math. And I said 50 minutes per draft, but I think, you know, counting, counting DraftKings, if had two more rounds, that seems about right. Oops, went to the wrong tab here. Um, so we got 404 drafts in underdog, 148 on DraftKings for me. Let me put that there. And then... 50 minutes per draft, so that's 460 hours. You add in the DFS slates where I do, you know, we had 12 weeks of football. I play three slates per week. I'll say two hours of time building lineups there. That's 72 hours. Pete, 22 days of my life have gone to fantasy football this year, and that is with a newborn. So uh, sorry, Luca, those 22 days could have gone to loving you and raising you and all that, but instead i, I built some sick teams
0: i don't even want to do the math on the dfs stuff too because that that one would be even more gross for me like and i i always reference it too on my monday morning gpp streams when i look back on the week and think about how much time was spent either updating spreadsheets reading stuff running optimals practice builds doing content around dfs it i i literally will I'll I'll self-combust if I do that math.
1: If you were to put in consuming content, creating content, especially like if you guys have been watching the channel, but doing the short form stuff, which ironically takes way longer to do than a live stream. um, It's, it would be gross. Like I think we would literally be like this year. We've spent 50% of our waking hours doing something fantasy football related.
0: How much, how much, and this is obviously uh, pertinent to me coming up. How much of your blasting off um, I mean, because the real difference, you and I did, you know, roughly the same amount on Underdog, but you pulled away with just a shit ton on DraftKings. How much of that was fueled by having a baby? Like, how much of, hey, I'm just sitting here with this baby that can't really do anything, so I'm gonna do a draft. Like, if you have a toddler, do you think you get in this many drafts?
1: I would say probably not a lot of the time was spent with like Lucas eating and like, there's nothing you could do really. So I would do a draft then or like um, Paul asking what I multi-table like that is something where I definitely multi-table a lot. I would usually do between two and four drafts at a time. So this isn't a pure calculation, but it's a good estimate. So I think, yeah, with a newborn, you could do a lot even now though, with like Lucas starting to like move around, he, isn't crawling yet, but he's rolling and like, we'll get right up next to a sharp edge or something. And I'm like, Oh fuck. So I don't think with a toddler or even like a one-year-old that can move around, you can do that. But yeah, like for the, the newborn stage, like you'll be good until like June. And then it's when, when you're in the heat of basketball season, I don't think you'll be able to draft as many teams.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, I've been thinking about some ideas for for best ball and content next year to have my cake and eat it too. So uh, once the spring rolls around, maybe I'll think about that. But yes, I will not be ripping as many drafts on the side for sure.
1: So you're gonna have you're gonna have your little girl on the stream with you. You're like holding her and just doing a stream no. draft.
0: No, but <laughs> I'm basically saying my only time to do drafts is probably gonna be why I'm streaming.
1: <laughs> Good point. Yeah, you're like, oh, sorry, sorry, babe, I gotta do some work. Gotta, I gotta work. Gotta hop on the gotta stream. Gotta work. Uh, All right. Which fantasy football take would you proudly share on Instagram, Pete? There's a lot of ones that we can dig into. Could be a player take, could be a general thesis. Which one would you be the most proud to share, much like a Spotify wrapped?
0: I mean, I, I think I feel pretty good like about the the strategy videos I made this offseason um obviously tbd to see how week 17 shakes out and how much that correlation comes into things but stuff on zero rb macro strategy we continue to see the top teams at the leaderboard this year have zero rb builds i also think the targeting undervalued players because of uncertainty stuff, like identifying both the cohorts of rookies who were really undervalued. in, in my video highlighted Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Rashad White, highlighted Garrett Wilson, uh, who I called the most undervalued player in drafts down the stretch. So, and then on top of that, some of the suspended guys, you know, um, New Hopkins was a guy that I was heavily targeting. So all of those guys where there was uncertainty, but there was still upside I feel like those as a cohort have been have been really big smashes.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think uh, the rookie take certainly going to be the one that I think would stand out the most. For me, though, I'm going to say being staunchly zero RB. I'm staunchy staunchly zero RB is the one take that I feel good about because I still get tweeted from some people who are like I think in our splash play community but more like on the casual side and they're like oh how many teams do you have advancing like Tyson's one of our regulars or a regular of my content at least um who like tagged me and was like oh how are you doing I should have listened to you about running backs and I think we were right like even though it could have been more of like a hero RB thing or an anchor RB whatever the case may be that might have been the right move but there were so many landmines across the board at running back that I think just take it whatever you get Got at different points of the draft was the right move. So, will it be the case next year with QBs probably getting steamed up quite a bit? I don't know. But I think for right now, Pete, I feel like zero RB was the right approach. And even if a zero RB team doesn't win, I think that's because of like the configurations relative to luck and injury and all that. I think this year it should be still a zero RB team that wins. But I think overall, like a zero RB team should have won this year, even if it doesn't.
0: Yeah. And you, I mean, Josh Jacobs, too, who I think if you're being completely honest was literally on the fringe of dead zone and zero RB target where he ended up settling. But if we're just talking running backs taken in the first five rounds, I mean, if you were avoiding running backs there, you were doing, doing really well. So yes, I am surprised those bags. Can you do semicolon And then in all caps, directionally accurate on the Seahawks QB situation.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, look, Gino has been great. Would Drew Locke have been as great, if not even better with more rushing upside? Hard to say, but yeah, I think I was was pretty close on that one.
0: It is funny, uh, TikTok in the chat saying, I had way too much 0RB with late QB. It's funny because for me, I had too much 0RB with elite tight end Mm. and elite QB. So I would get some of the QB stuff, right? Like have lots of Hurts and and Kyler 0RB teams, but then way too much Waller specifically has been kind of in in pits as well um so you really had to thread the needle there if you were trying to hit all of those kind of dominant strategies which that was another thing i highlighted in that video with dubner the elite qb elite tight end zero rb was a really powerful uh, strategy but you needed to nail it just perfectly where you're getting kelsey or andrews you're getting mahomes allen or Hertz, you know and to get all those pieces to come together perfectly
1: yeah. As, as you guys might know, if you're following the streams all summer long, I was obsessed with elite tight end stuff. Didn't get enough of the good ones. Got a lot of pits, a lot of Waller. Both guys seem Pitts definitely done Waller. It seems like he might just be done as a Raider overall, but like that was not the right move. But I feel like the, my best teams right now are all like Comet, Hunter, Henry, Hawkinson, Hearst, like cannon fodder tight end plays. So we'll see if we do elite tight end next year, but it was really like get one of the top two guys. And even then Mark Andrews has been shit. Like I've been playing him at DFS. He's been shit for like four weeks in a row now, not including when he was hurt.
0: That's true. Yeah. I mean, again though, the way and this is i Jack Miller had a really good tweet about it the other day as everyone was having the advance rate conversation again though. And it's like, if you think about this, the season as having these distinct seasons within it too, where it's like everyone who's advancing right now is going to have Josh Jacobs or Travis Kelsey, where if you can sneak in a Mark Andrews team, He's probably going to have less high of an advancement rate because of these duds, but he still has the upside to do what he did last season down the stretch where he absolutely exploded. So it's so interesting to think about these players who might not be carrying your high advance rate, but would be total smashes if you could sneak them into the sprint.
1: You know, it's a game, and we're going to get to the last one here, of course, who would be our headline performer at Fantasy Football Fest. You know what's going to be tough is that week 17, Travis Kelsey plays a Denver team that has their lowest total of the year so far this week that might be calling off the dogs, and Kansas City might not need that game either. Like, it's possible you get a zero or, like, one drive from Kelsey in week 17.
0: Right, and again, if if you have Kelsey in week 17, it probably means, like, 65% of the finalists also have Travis Kelsey so it's probably everyone using their second tight end anyways and to see uh who's Gerald Everett's and Cole Kometz do better that week
1: (laughs) so speaking of Pete who would be your headline performer at fantasy football fest this is like not an Insta, uh not a Spotify one I feel like it was like instafest.app or whatever but I saw this a lot really enjoyed the concept so who would be headlining your show for fantasy football fest and that could be a good play that could be a play you're ashamed of Uh, who do you want it to be um
0: So you want to do a player specifically?
1: Uh, I mean, it could be a con. You could do whatever you want. I mean, obviously, this is a creative form, Pete. I don't have a strict structure for it. All
0: right. I'm going to have the the Mike McDaniel jam band. Uh, I want um, Mike McDaniel, uh, lead singer. uh, Actually, two is the lead singer. We're going to have Mike McDaniel on the drums. We're going to have Tyreek on lead guitar, Jalen Waddell on bass. And then everyone's going to fucking erupt because Jeff Wilson's going to come out late with the cowbell bringing down the house. Who would want to watch this?
1: I think that's a hell of a show. I, I I'll just <laughs> knock it off at waddle base, but no, Jeff Wilson, he's the closer. He's the one you bring in for that, that long melody at the end. He comes in singing off the stage. Like there's a lot of, No one even
0: knew he was on the band. He just was friends with them. They just saw him and said, Hey, come on stage. Come on stage. He brings down the house with the
1: cowbell. So here would be my pitch for you, Pete, and I think that's a great one. And honestly, Mike McDaniel, I don't know if you saw some of, those, uh, some of the clips floating around on like Instagram from the NFL films this week, but like Mike McDaniel, a lot of fun on the sidelines, like roasting uh for parts, talking about it. he was like shit in high school and whatever. And like Mike McDaniel seems like a likable guy. That said, I'm gonna go for an emotional performance. The Kyle Pitts Redemption Tour starts on my stage. It's I, Kyle...
0: almost, I almost tried to come up with a Kyle Pitts one, so I'm glad you're doing this.
1: But imagine this: the lights go down, one purple spotlight in the middle of the stage, and it's just Kyle. Kyle Pitts there, no band, no accompaniment. It's just him acoustic with a microphone, giving everything he has, putting all of his heart into the game that he couldn't actually do on the field this year, and really hopefully cleansing himself for 2023 when we can talk ourselves into him all over again.
0: I imagine him doing dashboard confessional covers up there just by himself.
1: (laughs) There's a lot of ways for it to work, but emotional performance. There we go. All right, Kyle Pitts. God, I'm I'm so bummed that next year we're gonna have to fucking do the Kyle Pitts thing again. Like I, I I you have to try again, right?
0: Oh, I, I'm telling you, we will all uh we will all try again next year
1: all right well guys if you're watching now if you've enjoyed this content if you're watching live or after the fact please hit that like button of course subscribe to the channel new videos daily here on splash play and check out some of the stuff that we put out earlier this week i've been doing some short form stuff trying to get some data out there but now it's time pete we're gonna steal from the badge bros do what they love to do here right here on splash play i'm just gonna give them credit always for inventing battle royale content it's battle royale time pete lucky week 13 prize pool coming down a little bit $25,000, but still live as ever of course used the promo code splash and underdog to double your deposit up to 100 bucks but have you been jamming battle royales because i feel like honestly when it went from 50k to 25k i was like i don't know if this is worth my time no real reason to believe that but that's how i felt
0: you know what this is the most battle royales that i've done all year and it's only really? friday i have been ripping these i've just there's lots of fun angles this week and uh, I dove in early. I've been doing like seven or eight a day the past few days. And so, yeah, I'm I'm super
1: excited about this Battle Royale slight. Also, FF Doom, I miss this one. And then uh, Arthur Smith pulls the plug on the Kyle Fitz show. He does of one course. really great performance. The crowd's yeah. moving, they're loving it. And Arthur Smith comes in and goes, okay, that's enough of that show. Get, get out of here, Kyle. Of course. <laughs> Classic. Um, Kelsey at the 101 here, is that is that a good move to you, do you think?
0: Yeah, I think yeah. he's the 101. I don't, I've been like... So one thing I've been doing is I have been building some heavy game stacks and, and you sometimes will like, I've been doing some San Francisco, Miami game stacks. And so I'll take Tyreek Hill up top just to, to start setting that up to get them. Cause otherwise it can get a little hard to get all the guys you want. But I do think Travis Kelsey is the uh, efficient one-on-one.
1: I like the idea of the Miami San Francisco game stacks. Like, so on DraftKings, uh, Stochastic, at least earlier in the week, was projecting some ownership for that game. And if it's owned, I wouldn't want to be there. But if it's like under 10% and you could stack that game up, like that game could be live. Like, we've seen good passing offenses destroy really good defenses, including the Niners when they went against KC. So, like, I think that game could shoot out, but it's just a matter of like if the ownership's there. If the ownership's there, I don't want to play it.
0: Yeah. I don't think the ownership will be there just because those guys are expensive. People are going to feel shaky on CMC Tyreek, super expensive. You know, I don't think people are going to get there. Even, uh, I was listening to Leone talk about the two of projection and how he was like triple checking it because he wasn't projecting as well as he intuitively thought he would. And that more has to do with like the team total and stuff, but it didn't really square with their kind of touchdown rates this season. And so to me, that just speaks to the kind of volatility and upside in this scenario. And I don't think the field's going to be on it.
1: All right. So we're up here. Uh Q tag Josh Jacobs. I don't like Justin Jefferson very much this week in this matchup. Really? Uh
0: I yeah. like I like Jefferson. Um okay. I also don't mind doing like a hertz AJ Brown uh stack here. You could do a Mahomes Ooh. Jamar Chase. I don't mind. Um
1: I'll go Jefferson because he does seem to beat every matchup. I just worry. This is one that's going to be really tough for him, but all right. So we got Jefferson um, Jacobs chase. Do you still want to try Hurts? Cause now we're not going to get AJ Brown.
0: Yeah. I mean, at this point, if I take Jefferson, I might just take like Jacobs and then try to backdoor with my last four picks, some kind of game stack or something, and then just try to nail two of mm. the individual higher scores.
1: We can get the guy in the thumbnail. I don't know your, your Garrett Wilson takes. We're gonna find out a little bit here, but um, yeah, Garrett, Garrett Wilson to me is like very live this week. I think he's a strong play again. Oh
0: yeah, I mean he's he's incredibly live. Um, I mean I'm seeing he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth highest ceiling projection for wide receivers on the slate this
1: week. Yeah, I ended up luck boxing into 70% of him last week, which was, like, the one thing propping me up. And it wasn't on purpose. It was just, like, he projected really well, and, I like, all the lineups I had just kind of naturally had him in there. And um, this week I worry he's going to be too highly owned, but he could be one of those players where even at high ownership, like, they're going to need to throw against Minnesota a little bit. And, like, Mike White's actually to get him the ball. So Garrett Wilson, I feel like for tournaments, definitely going to be a risk profile if he's, like, 20% owned. But I, I think he's a still a strong play until he's, like, 7K.
0: Yeah, The one thing I would say, and I should actually pull up the badge bro sheet to confirm this. I assume the Jefferson Garrett Wilson mini correlation is going to be extremely popular in battle Royales.
1: How about the Jefferson Zonovan Knight correlation?
0: Um, probably not near as popular.
1: (laughs) I like, did you watch Zonovan Knight highlights at all? Cause like he legit looked very good. Like he looked like a, a man who was running with a lot of anger behind his past. Um, the, uh, yeah, did, he had fucking nine evaded tackles in that yeah. game. Yeah. I watched a lot cause I had Michael Carter and I was like watching the game hoping like, please, Michael Carter, come back in, please. And instead of just watching Zonvin Knight look like young Ladanian Tomlinson shedding tackles left and right and breaking everything. And, uh, he, he looked really good in a way that I don't think I heard the name Zonvin Knight once in the draft combine stuff and the pre-draft prep. And, uh, then he gets out in the field and he looks like one of the best backs <laughs> in the league.
0: I there's not, um, how many? Okay, over with 165 data sample and shout out to Chad in the Badge Bros Discord. But the combinatorial ownership on Justin Jefferson and Garrett Wilson 12.7% of drafts with both players taken. So maybe not as heavily owned as I thought.
1: Okay. Well, we got, so we could take a Bengal stack here if we wanted to. You want to do, I I like
0: the, I like Higgins Burrow.
1: Yeah. I think that makes sense. And then
0: you could grab, you can either grab a Pacheco or Juju. Uh, late if you want or you could just onslaught it um with a hearst or something
1: yeah i wouldn't mind hearst did you see the the headline about um so like eric reed the the chief safety called out hayden hearst but meant to call out yeah. somebody else and it's and- like out of all the guys in this team i'm not the one you want to call out yeah <laughs>
0: It's like no offense, Hayden, but you're probably—if I had to call out one player on the bagels, you'd probably be right there after Evan McPherson.
1: Uh, I'm sorry, Hayden. <laughs> I, don't, I feel like Hayden Hurst's like a hunting guy, and like I don't know, probably man. Think yeah. he's gonna show up with a with a crossbow? Potentially, like he's—I—I I don't know. I, those those Southern country boy types, like I don't—I don't know. Like I don't want to. I don't want to get on the wrong side there, but it's just funny that Eric Reid's like trying to call out T Higgins and calls out Tyler Higby for like, what are you doing, man? If you're going to trash talk, at least know the guy you're talk- going to talk shit about. I love it. Watch, <laughs> say he only has camo shorts. He honestly does seem like that kind of guy, like the kind of guy you don't want to run into in a, a Southern gas station. Have you seen the liver king guy on TikTok? I have. And did you see he's fucking spending 20 grand a month on steroids?
0: And didn't he say he spends like, how much did he say he spent on bottled water? Yeah, I mean, this guy's out of control. Did you see what he made for Thanksgiving with his private chef? I did it not. It was like a Russian nesting doll of like, it was like a goat stuffed in a turkey stuffed in a duck. <laughs> this
1: Everybody ridiculous. in like content became a gimmick so fast. And I don't know how this happened, but like, this is the world we live in. And I'm not a Liver King fan, but boy, like, honestly, if I could fucking do 20 grand in roids and look like that, I wouldn't be the maddest in the world.
0: Well, there you go, Spags. It's a long off season.
1: (laughs) All right. What else do we got here? Uh, We got Walker, Freermuth, Watson, Jackson, Debo.
0: Yeah, I'm like more pro correlating here. Like I'd rather bring Juju on a bring back here. Although that boxes us out of Garrett Wilson, who might have already gone. Which
1: is fine. I think we, I don't think we need that. Like Jefferson could have a ceiling without Wilson coming along. And then then Hearst too.
0: Yeah, I, I think so.
1: Yeah, I'm with that. All right. So Burrow, Jacobs, Jefferson Higgins, Juju, and Hayden Hurst. So we're stacking one of the most popular games, getting a little bit different, taking a ceiling from Justin Jefferson. Josh, this is a really good team. Like I have no issue with this team.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's a fun team. I think it's I think it's very solid. You get you get the 30 burgers from Jacobs and Jefferson, and then you get that KC Cincinnati game shooting out, you're probably in pretty good shape.
1: All right, now we're ready. It's ride or die time, guys. So please, if you're ever going to pay attention to anything here, whatever the video title I changed this to, maybe huge mistakes not to make in week 13. I don't know. That got some good clicks last week. But these are the plays that are going to be the mistakes you want to avoid this week, uh, potentially like not playing them, I guess would be the way to look at that. Or based on what Pete did last week, don't follow his takes at all because Pete gave you a zero last week. Dad brain on the horizon. All of your picks went wrong. Pete, you care to comment here about the zero burger. Um.
0: I actually would.
1: (laughs) Okay, let me me go solo camera.
0: Okay. (laughs) Actually, you know what? Um, It was an abbreviated week last week for a lot of us. Um, We were, you know, uh, hungover from Thanksgiving. Some sites that we maybe rely on for projections at that time on a Friday morning weren't necessarily ready with those projections. And at the end of the day, I have to be accountable for my own ride or die picks, but that doesn't mean we can not throw a few people under the bus as we go. And so I just want to say I'm back in the saddle um, this week and I will make up all the ground that I lost over Thanksgiving.
1: Uh, br- very brave, brave of you to take that ownership, Pete. Very proud of you to see that one. Of course, I got a few right here, as I always do. Garrett Wilson, the million <laughs> Ma- million maker winning lineup. Brian Robinson outscores Antonio Gibson by six plus DK points. Mark Andrews makes the million maker winning lineup despite doing absolutely nothing. So that's three for me on the year now. The record I have 34 and 120. Pete, I'm up a hundred points on you, and you're gonna fucking have a baby. You can't beat me. <laughs>
0: no i can i will i will beat you this
1: week <laughs> i hope you do i hope you do for your sake but oh boy oh wait, wait i didn't pull the fucking thing back up here hold on let, let me all let me right yeah all i right. want
0: to i want to propose a change okay i think we each it obviously it has to be negotiated obviously it has to be fair i say we one of our picks this week has to be
1: a 100 pointer a one, no, you can't get it all back. You're rocket job. No,
0: no, it, it'll be something that has a sub 1% chance of happening.
1: <sighs> but you're going to fucking negotiate me down into something that's got a 50-50 shot. And I'll be like, oh, yeah. No, no, no. Good. The ch-
0: the chat will keep us accountable.
1: All right. All also, right, fine.
0: I, I, I got to give you credit. Um, You, and now I'm going to derail us. But the fact, I'm glad that you kept talking while I did the coffee pour. You didn't let it uh, derail the show. So you're improving as a host.
1: Oh, thank you, It only took what three years. <laughs> Finally, gonna get there. But let's go, guys. Ride or die picks. Pete explains to people to ride or die picks, including this new one hundred point wrinkle to help Pete catch up.
0: Yes. Um. So every week we go through the games. I make these really ballsy picks. Spags wraps on a condom and you know inches away from me. Where I try to provide entertainment. Spags tries to eke out a little ev. In this game that is ultimately meaningless with zero stakes, but that all changes this week as we introduce the week 13, 100 pointer, normally one, three, 10 points are all that are attainable. But this week in one game, like finding the daily double in jeopardy, a 100 pointer will be revealed and negotiated. And could it alter the entire landscape of this game for the rest of the year? Yes, it could.
1: We'll find out, but let's start it off with Denver, 15.5 implied points, which actually come up a a half point for them, so good. Baltimore, 24 implied points. Ugly one. Feels like this is setting the table, Pete, for the Broncos, phoning it in for the year, but what do you want as a ride-or-die pick in this potential dumpster fire of a game?
0: Yeah, it is a very dumpster fire. I'm seeing, I'm going to just start off with a classic one. I'm seeing Mark Andrews at extremely low ownership. I I don't want to force anything with him and lamar but i am going to say mark andrews winning millie maker lineup this week at sub five percent was that what you were going to do
1: no i just like if he fucking goes off this week i've been playing him in every matchup they've all been plus matchups and he keeps getting 10 to 15 points if he goes for 30 against a bad matchup where the broncos are actually a good defense i'm just going to be very upset but i i think it's a good pick i think it's a good pick. <laughs>
0: Uh, okay. Russell will the chat saying Russell Wilson and the Billy Baker line up for a hundred points.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that, that is interesting. it's, it's just so low of a total. Like, I don't even know you could take any shots at this point. No, I... but
0: I would, I, that's, that's not even a hundred pointer because there's more than a
1: 1% chance of that happening. I think, is there really <laughs> hard to say? Um, I will say that Cortland Sutton catches a touchdown of 50 plus yards. Is that a 10 pointer? Yeah. Okay. It hasn't happened this year. So at some point, I yeah. no, I right.
0: mean, I know the Raven secondary isn't that great, but just the Broncos scoring a touchdown in itself is probably a three pointer. So yeah, I'll give you a, t- <laughs> a 10 pointer on that.
1: Okay. <laughs> Pittsburgh 21.5 implied points, Atlanta, 20.5 implied points. Um, I will go first for this one and say, I think a Pittsburgh stack a Pittsburgh double Pete scores more than sixty fantasy points, but I won't identify who.
0: A Pittsburgh double, so it has to be a pass catcher though. It doesn't get to include the running backs.
1: Mm-mm. I mean, if you're making that rule, I feel like it would still be a pretty lofty game. I think,
0: I think the spirit of it is Kenny Pickett with any two pass catchers combines for sixty points. Is that what you're going for?
1: I'll, I'll allow that if that's a ten pointer. Okay. What do you want?
0: I don't. Let I'll say this: if that happens, they're probably in the winning millie maker lineup, anyways, at their prices. So I'll, I guess, I'll give you that.
1: Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe not, because like they, that might not be high enough ceiling. If they both put up like twenty, like if it's Pickett twenty two, and then two guys putting up nineteen, that might not be enough to get there.
0: Yeah. Um, I will say, how can I leverage this? How can I leverage this? I kind of want to do something with Jalen Warren. Um, How about this? Give me, uh, I just want, how many points does Jalen Warren need to clear for me to get 10 points? Uh,
1: He's got projected for 5.2 right now, assuming that Najee is in. If Najee's out, obviously he's going to go up quite a bit. Um, Are we assuming that Najee's out? I think Najee's going to be out. Okay, so then I feel like Warren's got to at least get to
0: 20 then. All right, if if Najee is in, I need a I need a a, a caveat here.
1: <laughs> really trying to get these points before you got to go on a leave, huh? <laughs> All
0: right, if if Najee's out, Jalen Warren over twenty. If Najee is in, Jalen Warren over ten.
1: Over f- over fourteen. If Najee's in. All right. Okay. Done. All right, Pitt. Yeah. So Green Bay. Now, oh boy. Aaron Rodgers apparently going to go for this one, even though why. About 24 implied points for Green Bay, 20.5 implied points for Chicago. Uh, Justin Fields, I guess, is going to play. I don't really know why, but he it seems like he's going to play.
0: Uh, Yes, it sounds like he is going to be fine. He was on Twitter last night complaining about his Uber Eats delivery. So I assume he's just ready to go. <laughs> that's
1: Yeah, that's how you can tell a guy's really ready to get in the game. Um. All right, so I'm gonna go first here. I will say, fucking Aaron Rodgers throws for three touchdowns. Is that a ten pointer?
0: Aaron Rodgers throws for three. No, that's more like a that's like a classic five or six pointers, which don't exist in this game.
1: Four touchdowns is ten, then. Sure. Okay. Aaron Rodgers throws for four touchdowns.
0: Yeah. Um, how about this? What is the spread in projection you have between Aaron Jones and David Montgomery?
1: Uh, Aaron Jones, 17.2, David Montgomery,
0: 19.8. Um, all right. So if Aaron Jones outscores David Montgomery by eight, that's a 10 pointer.
1: Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Boom. Um, oh! do you not like Montgomery chalk this week? I feel like it's a nice spot for him on paper. At least you could have stopped at. You don't like David Montgomery. <laughs> we well, get him in DFS now. Cause you didn't get him in best ball, but he's coming. I did play him I in DFS the Jockey. week against the Falcons. Yeah. I mean, he he paid off. Yeah. Oh, there we go. All right. Um, Jets, 20.8 implied points. Minnesota, 23.8 implied points. What do you want in this one, Pete? Mike White starting once again. I got to point out, Mike White was literally perfect last week in every stat, which I thought was interesting, like a 96.4% adjusted completion rate, perfect QB rating on deep throws. Not going to happen this week. So if you're really following that for Mike White, don't do that. Anyway, Pete, what do you want?
0: Wait, why is it not going to happen?
1: He just can't be perfect again. Like he could be good, but he's not going to have literally a perfect game again.
0: All right, folks. It's time for a hundred pointer. Spags. If Mike White throws for 400 yards, mm-hmm. do I get a hundred points?
1: 400 yards and some amount of touchdowns. got to be four, 400, 400
0: passing. Oh, okay. I'll do 400 passing yards and three TDs. I 400 <laughs> yards is an ungodly amount of passing yards.
1: Is it really 1% though? But Mahomes has like barely
0: been clearing like 330 this year.
1: I'll give it to you. I'll give, it's a good game script. It's, yeah. 400 yards,
0: three TDs for Mike
1: White. Okay, okay. I think that's, uh, Josh saying he has to beat his record. What was Mike Mike White through for 400 that one game, right?
0: What game was that?
1: Like when he was starting I, that other stretch?
0: All right, I'll give it, let me see what his record was.
1: I'll still give it to you because 400 is an outlandish claim, but like, you know, I think he literally so did. He it he threw, yeah,
0: he threw for uh, 315 yards last week. Okay, last year he had 405 against the Bengals. So I'll do, I'll do over 405. He had three TDs that game. So we'll do. I want it to be a true hundred pointer. I'll say over 400 and four TDs. That's a hundred pointer.
1: Okay. No, that that is. That I'm gonna give it player. to you.
0: I'm gonna get. I'm gonna boost the touchdown to make this a true 100 pointer.
1: Classic Pete, just trying to get us guys ceiling projection, Mike White ceiling, 405, <laughs> three touchdowns. Um, all right. I don't think
0: that, come on. I mean, this is a true 100 pointer.
1: What if, okay. So Minnesota's total is, thir- is 23.8 right now. If Minnesota scores under 13.8, that's a 10 pointer, right? You're
0: doing their implied team total?
1: Uh, Yeah. What did you say that it's it
0: under 13.8? Uh, okay. So if they basically, if they score less than two touchdowns or less than 14 points, yep. Uh, yeah. All right. I'll give you 10 for that.
1: Also GA asking if you believe this, are you playing white doubles this week in DFS?
0: Um, I'm hoping that I'll be in a hospital and not even having to look at projections and can just fire off a dog shit lineup without any of the research. So I haven't gotten that far yet.
1: It's going to be funny though. If you do have the baby like on Sunday and it's like, oh shit, Mike white doubles got there. He threw for 500 yards and five touchdowns. <laughs>
0: Why do, you, why do you think I'm trying to win the Battle Royale this week? So I can say this is the, the best day of my life, and then I post a screenshot of winning the Battle Royale, and then I thread it with my
1: newborn oh. child. <laughs> the metagame of bits is <laughs> really too strong with you, as always. Jacksonville, <laughs> 25 implied points. Detroit, 26 implied points. Very popular DFS game here, Pete. Um, I guess I have to go first in this one. Um, okay. 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 Jared Goff and Trevor Lawrence combine for eight hundred passing yards, (laughs) and no, seven hundred and fifty passing yards, and six touchdowns. Is that a hundred pointer? Um, no, no, not even close.
0: I was debating whether to give you that to you as a ten pointer.
1: (laughs) But Jared Goff, you just did three seventy-five and three.
0: For each of those quarterbacks in the best game environment of the week.
1: Okay, eight hundred and eight, eight hundred yards, eight touchdowns between the two of them.
0: Eight hundred. So you're you're doing the Mike White, but doubled. Yes. Uh, there. Okay. Yes, hundred pointer for eight hundred and eight.
1: Okay, I don't think it's gonna happen, but boy, it's a high team total for this game. Pete. Well, no shit, want?
0: we don't think it's gonna happen. It's a hundred <laughs> pointer, spags.
1: Higher than 1% probability, perhaps. Uh,
0: Jesus. Um. Jesus. What, what's the over-under on this game right now? 51? Yeah, 51. I'm going to leverage against yours. Under 41.
1: <laughs> okay, that's that's fair. That's a 10-pointer, <laughs> classic 10-pointer. Yeah. Um. It actually has come down a point during the course of the week, so it seems like the, the markets are not supporting this game being that yeah. high scoring. Mm. Oh, well. Well, that's, that's why it's a 100-pointer for me. Tennessee, yeah. 19.8 implied points. Philadelphia, 24.3 implied points. Pete, you're due to go first. What do you want Tennessee and Philly?
0: Everyone is going to be excited about this A.J. Brown revenge game. Look, I'm excited about it too. But Devonta Smith is going to ruin it all. Devonta Smith clears. I see his projection at 15.2 over, I'll say Devonta Smith over 25.2 DK points.
1: Mm, okay, that seems fair to me. Um, I will go then on the other side. I okay, so let's how about a parlay for a ten pointer? Tennessee wins outright Derrick Henry hundred yards and a touchdown.
0: I think that's a I mean those are very correlated things, but they are four and a half point road underdogs um sure i'll I'll okay. give you that. I think it's it's probably like a eight pointer but I'll fucking round up for you because I'm about to become a father and I'm feeling sentimental. Oh, that's good.
1: That's the kind of generous spirit you need as a dad. I think (laughs) one can say Washington, 21 implied points giants, 19 implied points. Oh boy, not much to love in this one, but I guess I will go first um, and say, uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, 150 yards and a touchdown. Is that a 10 pointer? No. I think it would be. He's his projections thirteen point six. Um. But well, then we're gonna do.
0: I see. I see fourteen point eight. You can because do. Because I'll, I'll
1: just take a. Then I'll take a twenty-five over twenty-five. All right. Okay.
0: Fine. Done. Fine. <laughs> what do you want? I said fine. Um. <laughs> all right. This game. This game sucks so much. It does. Uh, I want to. Hmm. What do we want to do? Brian Robinson's going to end up being popular if Antonio Gibson mm-hmm. is limited or doesn't play. Is this where I get even on Darius Slayton? I'm going to be losing this stupid bet to Pat because Wandell Robinson got hurt. Um, I'll say, can I get 10 points? Darius Slayton outscores Barkley.
1: Mm, he has to outscore him by one and a half, it looks like. Deal. Okay. Done. Barkley stinks this year. Like I know people like Barkley, he but he really hasn't been that good in any sort of advanced stats. Yeah. I'm going to throw that out well, there.
0: I, Day, Dayball was supposed to save us. He was supposed to take us to the promised land. We were really jerking him off early.
1: They, it was just like a lot of lucky wins. It's a lot of like those, you know, uh, one score wins, which are not that, you know, not that sticky. I think they're the worst team in the NFC East. And we'll, we'll find out, I guess, on Sunday, because if they lose to Washington, they are literally the worst team in the NFC East. Uh, yeah. Cleveland, 27.3 implied points. Houston, 20.3 implied points. The Deshaun Watson revenge game that nobody wants to get joy out of, except weirdly the Browns locker room who loves Deshaun and thinks he's like a great dude. Nick Chubb was like, yeah, I'm so excited for Deshaun to get his. I don't, I don't know. Hard to hard to talk positively about this one, Pete, but what do you want?
0: I will. Can I get 10 points if Nick Chubb outscores? the two highest scoring Houston Texans that in, can include the quarterback?
1: No way. Kyle All, If Kyle Allen is starting, he might put up under 10. How about outscores the two highest by five points? Just for the Texans? The Texans are bad. Like they might not score. What's anything. your projection on Kyle Allen? Uh, Kyle Allen, I got to look it up because I don't have him on the sheet right now. Uh, wow. Kyle Allen is... Fifteen point four—that seems lofty.
0: That's exactly what ETR has it at. So there you go. And what do you have, Nico or Brandon Cooks at?
1: Uh, Nico is at ten point three. Cooks is at eleven point six. What
0: do you have, Damian Pierce at?
1: Sixteen point seven. I don't buy any of these projections of a me. So that
0: would put that'd be thirty-two for Damian Pierce and Kyle Allen. Nick Chubb, I see at nineteen. That is that is a ten-pointer if he outscores the top. And I'm giving you the top two. We, yeah. we're not, I'm, I'm not even penciling in.
1: Oof. One of the I, boy, I don't agree with these run. projections at all, if I'm being honest, but okay. No, that's fine. I'll give you the 10 pointer, but it's, I don't get it's it. A 10 um, pointer by
0: the spirit of the law.
1: I guess I'll go Damian Pierce outscores Nick Chubb, but that's something because that's like he's higher projected. How is he higher projected?
0: Damian Pierce outscores Nick Chubb by five is what you need for a 10 pointer.
1: Okay. Ugh. I don't know that I believe that, but I'll do it. That's the only way Houston stays in the game is if Pierce like breaks some runs. Like, I don't. Yeah, no shit. I, Otherwise Cleveland should win by four touchdowns. Okay. You want to do that one? Get, oh, is that a set pointer if Cleveland wins by four touchdowns? Yes. Okay. If I'll they win by 28, of course. Okay. I don't, I just don't get you how know, this is a seven point spread. Like I think Watson's going to feed Cooper and Chubb's going to break a bunch of runs and Houston will do fucking nothing. Cause that's what they've been doing every week. Don't mortgage your house on Texans plus seven. Well, no, I would, that's, that's a bad bet still, but okay. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take Cleveland wins by 28. That's fine. Um, Seattle, 23.8 implied points. The Rams, now Aaron Donald out, 16.8 implied points. So the defense really has nothing left here. Um, I guess i go first in this one. Um, Tyler Lockett, winning Millie Maker, winning lineup. All
0: right. Seems seems fine. Um, Top five highest scoring players from this game are Seattle Seahawks. No, it's got
1: to be six.
0: Mm, okay. I'll do six, but it includes the defense.
1: Okay, that's fine. Um <sighs> God, what a fucking ugly game. Um, Miami, twenty one point five implied points. San Francisco, twenty-five implied points. Looks like the ownership has come down for this game a little bit. Nobody projected for over ten percent ownership. Uh but Pete, what do you want?
0: Yeah, I want I want so I see the total at forty six and a half. Give me this game over fifty six and a half points.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, that's fair. Um, I will say then to, oh boy, I already made a million maker winning pick, but to a Tyreek winning million maker, winning lineup, that stack.
0: All right. I I mean, it's correlated with mine. Okay. Not That's trying good. to leverage me.
1: No, I, I don't want to leverage against you. I just want to be right, right along holding hands with you, Pete, in these precious times in your life.
0: Don't do me, bro.
1: She's Charters twenty four point eight implied points. Vegas twenty five point eight implied points. Um, I think I'm due to go first here, and I will say Keenan Allen. Uh, I see a fourteen point one projection for him. I will say Keenan Allen over twenty five fantasy points.
0: Uh, Keenan Allen over uh, over twenty six. I see his projection at sixteen point
1: three. Okay, fine. Keenan Allen over twenty six. Ten points. Um, let's say. I will say
0: Devonte Adams outscores the two highest scoring wide receivers on Chargers combined.
1: Oh, combined? Okay, yeah, it's a time combined.
0: Time. Okay, all
1: right. Um, so
0: likely Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer, but uh, could be any combo of pass catchers.
1: All right, last game on the main slate. Some could say the main event, rematch of the AFC playoffs last year. Kansas City, 27.5 implied points. Cincinnati, 25.5 implied points. Uh, this line has moved quite a bit over the course of the week, now up to a 53-point over-under, up a point and a half uh, since Monday. Pete, what do you want in this game?
0: All right. This is... this is um, I'm accounting for uncertainty with Jarek McKinnon, who's mispracticed two days in a row with this hamstring. I want to say... For 10 points, a non-Isaiah Pacheco, Casey running back outscores Joe Mixon.
1: So Rojo? (laughs) I
0: mean, it could be Rojo. It could be Melvin Gordon. It it could be McKinnon if McKinnon plays.
1: Okay. Uh, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Um, I will go then. This is tough. Um, Joe Burrow throws for five touchdowns. Is that a 10-pointer? Yes. Okay. Done. Easy. Sunday Night Football, (laughs) now we really, the most excited game of the week potentially, and then the shittiest game of the week potentially on Sunday Night Football. Indianapolis, 17 implied points. Dallas, a 10.5 point favorite, 27.5 implied points. Pete, give me a showdown winning captain.
0: I'm going to take Dak Prescott.
1: Okay, I like that. I will go, I will leverage slash correlate CeeDee Lamb, showdown winning captain.
0: There you go. Uh, there Trust are. the Willis process, fake Zeke. alpha CD lamp. Z no, get out me. of here, Willis.
1: <laughs> All right, there we go, guys. Of course, subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button before you go. Follow me at Chris Spaggs. Follow at Peter Over Z as well. And follow the show at Splash Play Pod. Pete, any final words for you? Or I guess any plugs? Because you're probably going to get one more stream in this afternoon, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go do SiriusXM right now. And then JM and I are going to do the week 13 gpp preview on my channel and then uh yeah that's and those. we'll the see plugs. then you
1: might not see pete for a while might not see pete till 2023 i
0: like. mean let's relax,
1: let's <laughs> relax. Not see me pete in the, the best ball lobbies in the in the battle royale lobbies nowhere else
0: dude but i we did a, we did a one of the wild card drafts on ship chasing last night and i want to uh start blasting off on those those are very fun
1: Oh, yeah. Great timing to want to draft, <laughs> start blasting off on some drafts. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out here. We'll see you guys again. See you enjoy your weekends, and good luck.